Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today we're going to talk about the Seattle Mariners as I continue covering all 30 teams and the rotations in the major leagues for your fantasy drafts. The Seattle Mariners, they have a fantastic rotation, but if this is your first time coming to the Plus Pitch Podcast, well, welcome. I made this podcast public in January, and all of last year, I did a daily update Monday through Friday in season for your fantasy teams just focused on starting pitching. I'm really excited for everybody to experience that this season publicly. But let's go back to the Mariners here. We have Luis Castillo, 8-6 record last year, 150 innings, 299 ERA, 108 whip, 27% K rate and 7% walk rate. You might think, Nick, wasn't he much better as a Mariner instead of a Red? Actually, he technically had a better ERA and whip when he was part of the Cincinnati Reds. Was a little bit better at preventing home runs there. But I think there's something to be said about the development of Castillo through the year that might indicate him being a better arm for 2023. If you think about Luis Castillo's career, when I got so excited and wrote that article over at Rotographs back in 2000, I guess it must have been 18, I loved the fact that Castillo's changeup was insanely good as he popped 99 miles per hour on the gun. That changeup is not nearly what it used to be. This year, just not nearly as effective against right-handers, left-handers alike. But four-seamer is doing really good things. And the slider, oh boy, this slider is a legit number two pitch now. Uh, we're talking 37% CSW, 183 average allowed, um, 67% strike rate. And as, uh, as, as Castillo approaches lefties, he's using it down and in as you should. As you should, he does the right thing with it. And as a fastball slider guy, Castillo kills it. And it's not like his changeup just does nothing. I mean, he uses it actually a lot against lefties. Right now, it's 27% usage versus about 16% with a slider. I think those can flip this year. This changeup's a lot worse. Slider's a lot better. And if that does flip, it could be even better than it was this past year. You could be talking 30% strikeout rates for Castillo and a 270 array and a 105 whip across 180 innings. Oh, boy. That could be incredibly fun uh, for Luis Castillo. I love the fact that he's emphasizing four-seamers more and, and better as he's been a Mariner as well. The whole package, I think, is just improved in Seattle. And it's a winning ball club without Great American Small Park. I'm all for this. I think Luis Castillo is going a little bit too late in drafts at the moment. I think people are taking guys like Dylan Cease, who is a worse version of Castillo, I think. Um, and I just don't see, I don't see why not. Why not? This is, as an SP2 is an absolute rock through the year. Sure, there are going to be some command issues here and there. Um, Castillo is a bit of a slinger, and he isn't someone that just precisely puts his fastball everywhere he wants. But that slider is just too good to be thrown only 16% of the time against lefties. I think you're going to see an increase of that. And good times are coming. And hey, maybe even Castillo figures out his changeup again. I think actually the emphasis of the four-seamer 
Forecast Theo means that the, the changeup is worse. Essentially stays on top of the four-seamer, then on releasing the changeup, he doesn't quite get the same pronation. That's my belief on that. Regardless, I'm in on Luis Castillo for 2023. Robbie Ray, not so much. It was a weird season. Uh, he went 12 and 12, and 12, 189 innings, 371 ERA, 119 whip, 27% carry, 8% walk rate. It wasn't 2021. What was the difference? A couple things. One, four-seamer velocity was down. It was still a very good pitch against right-handers, but it was down and not as dependable. Two, the slider is not as good as you remember it. It was kind of a mediocre offering, and I, I, I'm sorry to upspeak, but yeah, that was kind of strange that it wasn't that good. And Robbie Ray introduced the sinker, and this is the whole story, right? You have these first two months of the year. Robbie Ray isn't, well, he's volatile to say the least. Then all of a sudden, the sinker appears on June 6th. It doesn't really have the best game. But after that, oh man, 297 ERA, 100, what's a 100, 112 whip, and a 28% strikeout rate across Robbie Ray's final 118 innings. Oh, the sinker, that's it. So why is Robbie Ray weird? Well, it's because the sinker's bad. It is not a good pitch. It allowed a 406 WOBA. It had a low strike rate. It doesn't make sense, right? And maybe you can have explanations of, well, the four-seamer stays up, and the, the sinker goes away, and then the slider goes the other way, so it makes this four-seamer better, right? And it's just a different look, and it's a whole... To me, no. I think it's true just be four-seamer slider, but the slider just wasn't good enough, so we needed something else to get strikes with, and that was a sinker. That was just a different look of some kind. And it's weird to me. I think with Robbie Ray being so dependent on the four-seamer success... I'm out on this because it fell down to 93.5 miles per hour instead of 94.8 in 2021. And I wonder if it might get worse again uh, from Robbie Ray. If that gets worse, the slider has to get better to nullify it. The sinker is not a good pitch. It's going to say, oh, I understand the correlation and I think it's something else involved here. But the sinker is not a good pitch. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not like he's jamming lefties with this. He stays away from righties with it. It's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm out on a rapid rate. All of that said, he's still going to get you lots of strikeouts. He's going to do this because the fastball is just that good. And the slider does get whiffs and stuff. It's just very inconsistent and just not that good. So, that means you're going to get a lot of strikeouts over a good amount of volume. Should be better than a 12-12 and record for the Manners. You know, especially quality start leagues, like you'll be allowed to go through six a lot, right? There's something to be said about that. I think more as a number four and number five for me than as a number three. And that means I'm out on Robbie Ray in all likelihood. Um, all right. Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert is a very interesting one. So is George Kirby. And I mean, these guys I, I, I compare it to a lot, but I think there's one that's definitively better. I'm going to tell you why after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 
98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Logan Gilbert last year had a 13-6 record, a 185.2 inning uh, total. Because I used an article of A and I had to make that make sense. 320 ERA, 118 whip, 23% K rate, just underneath it actually, and a 6% walk rate. Logan Gilbert feels like a Toby a bit to me. And there are two solutions at the moment. One is that his four-seamer location has to improve. In itself, stuff-wise, really good. I think he can get a ton of whiffs when it's elevated and all that kind of stuff. It's located in YM Lock, the the uh, the desolate valley. You know, I think of the, <laughs> the Lion King where the hyenas live, the elephant graveyard. That is YM Lock. You do not want to live there. Do not go there, Simba. And he does it about 30% of the time, which is above average. Normally, around like 25, 26%. You see that with four-seamers. Logan Gilbert does it too often. That should be elevated. That should be, I want to see 60, 65% high lock on four-seamers from Logan Gilbert. He does it about 50, 52%, and that is league average. That is the biggest change, I think, that Logan Gilbert can make moving forward to really get the most out of his four-seamer that is clearly his best pitch. Meanwhile... His secondaries, we talk about Logan Gilbert's secondaries so often. He's got to be better with them, right? Are they improving? Are they doing this and that? He hasn't gone there with a slider nor curveball yet. The slider may be a different uh, look last year. Uh, by the end of the year, it's throwing a little bit slower, a little bit more of the loopier one that we saw in 2021 for Logan Gilbert. But really, they're not developing at the rate that we want to. I remember actually this time last year, we were like, oh, new changeup, new slider. And no, it was not very good. So those are two facets that Logan Gilbert could get better. That means, look, like Logan Gilbert, if he's the same, it's good. I think he slightly overperformed last year. But Gilbert, yeah, he'll be like a solid number four that you won't take out of your lineup through the entire season. That's kind of what I aim for. I don't think that he's going to be droppable at all during the year. But I want to chase someone that has a little bit more of a clear ceiling to attain. I don't know that Logan Gilbert's going to change and be a high lock guy on his four-seamer. I don't know if Logan Gilbert's going to find that number two pitch they can really rely on. I'm going to actually assume that he's not at this point. Maybe I'm not giving him enough uh, benefit of the development doubt. That is, we've seen him for two years and it's easy for us to say, oh, this is who he is. Often that's not the case. But it's hard for me right now to make that leap for Logan Gilbert. However, for his teammate, George Kirby, I think there is a little bit more to latch on to. 8-5 record, 130 innings for Kirby last year, 339 ERA, 121 whip. See, the ERA and whip is worse, right? He's clearly worse at 24.5% carry, a little bit more in the strikeout realm, and just a 4% walk rate. And what Gilbert failed at with high lock on his four-seamer, Kirby exceeded at. 64% high lock against right-handers, which is... Really good. 19% swing strike rate against right-handers. Oh, boy. He takes him down, right? That's so good. It wasn't as elite against left-handers, but still good. 14% swing strike rate. I'll take that all day. And the question often is, okay, where are they going? what is he going to do against opposite-handedness? It's actually interesting. With George Kirby, his sliders against lefties were actually really good. Great location, down and in, consistently. But not against righties. He actually missed way too often with it. 
And what I think is an easier fix is actually not to say to Kirby, look, you need a brand new slider. You can actually have the same slider. You just have to work on where it's located, just down and away, just a little bit better to right-handers and actually get it there consistently. And I think for a guy like George Kirby that has a 4% walk rate and is known for his command, this is something that can and likely will improve for 2023. And I'm not even asking anything else. Just have the same four-seamer. Just improve that slider location. And I think you'll see a better uh, whip and you'll see a better ERA from George Kirby uh, theoretically with that. Uh, That's it. That's all I really need to say. I mean, the curveball is fine. It's not really this, you know, it's used as a get-me-over. And because I think the slider didn't get the strikes that it needed to against right-handers, he got hit too hard. And I think that changes. That really just gets fixed with that slider location. I am curious if Kirby can, curious, curious, whatever, curious, (laughs) if Kirby can consistently be fastball slider against lefties, if he actually will lean into that, I hope he does. I think it works for him really well. Like last year's, his slider against, sliders against lefties were excellent. Uh, But yeah, we'll see if over the larger sample, you know, that was about 200 thrown or so, 180 uh, over the larger sample that sticks. But because George Kirby has that foundation with the force and he knows how to use it right now, uh, I think that this development will have a larger impact than Logan Gilbert in becoming an elite pitcher, while Gilbert still needs to figure out that also that fastball location. Marco Gonzalez right now is the number five for the Mariners. We were kind of talking in Twitch chat if they'd be a good fit for the Marlins, considering Johnny Cueto was signed by the Marlins on the day that I'm recording this on January 10th. And as of now, Marco Gonzalez is the number five, and he's a Toby at best. I don't think that there's anything with his arsenal that you want to go for. Look, if you go back to 2020, you say, how did he do this? That was nailing sinkers inside of righties. It was much better against righties than it has been since. That's not going to happen again. I really don't believe that Marco Gonzalez is going to do that. And he's a guy that can go six innings for a decently winning club. He was 10 and 15 this past year, but to me... That means that Marco Gonzalez was able to go into the games. He was trusted, right? And that's a good thing. That's what you want from a starter. So that's a beneficial thing for quality start leagues. And I guess win leagues too if you're trying to chase something in AL only leagues. But for your 12-teamer, this is a Toby at best. And you don't you do not want to go after that. He had a 13% strikeout rate last year. 13% for Marco Gonzalez. Don't do this. Chris Flexen might get some opportunities. Uh, if Marco Gonzalez or just that spot opens up uh, in the rotation for the Mariners. I don't really want to go for this one either. I don't think there's enough inside the tank here. Uh, his four-seamer gets crushed a decent amount. Right-handers killed it for a 44% hard contact rate last year. There are moments his changeup looks really good down and away to, to lefties. Um, sometimes the, the, the cutters looks good too, but yeah, I'm trying to find things and I do not want to go for Chris Flex. I mean, look, you're trying to get a Toby... And this is a guy not even in the rotation at this moment. Like, you just kind of completely ignore it in all leagues at this moment. Same with Justice Sheffield, who might get some opportunities with it. But what we briefly saw of him last year was 91-92 on the fastball. Nothing exciting. And I'm waiting for the slider to look like the wipeout slider it was when he was a Yankee prospect. And then there are two prospects I should mention here in Emerson Hancock and Bryce Miller. Uh, Emerson Hancock threw about 90 innings in AA. Miller, about 50 of them. It looks like Hancock will get the first opportunity. 
He apparently throws about 95 or some mid-90s, has a slider that is in development, so with a curveball, and a, and a solid changeup as his proper number two. Uh, it was iffy uh, on the strikeout rate, I believe it was about 23%, and double-digit stri- swing striker, but nothing too exciting, 9% walk rate in AA last year for Emerson Hancock. It's not great. It's not really something that I say, oh, cool, my drafts, I'm going to stash. Now, when he gets the call up, I'm all for a spec ad, especially for someone like this that was highly touted in the draft and everything like that. Sure, let's grab him for that first start, and then you can make your decision. I, I joke around that a prospect pitcher doesn't exist until he pitches in the major leagues, but Emerson Hancock isn't someone that I'm in any way stashing um, in my NA spot uh, for for 12-teamers. Bryce Miller seems to have more of a ceiling um, since 95 with with a more consistency, I'd say in the upper 90s than what I read from Emerson Hancock. I could be wrong about this. Just talk to Chris Clegg inside of the PL Plus Discord <laughs> about these two guys. and They'll give you something really good on them. Uh, he tossed about 50 frames of, of double A last year, 30% strikeout rate, uh, though he has a 9% walk rate as well. And that's kind of the, the MO on Bryce Miller was the wild volatility uh, that turned away scouts initially. And that might still be there. So I generally avoid those types when they get to the majors because it just means they're inefficient. So you're hoping for five innings and that's just not really the ceiling you want to go for. Even if, oh man, he had six strikeouts in five innings and it's really exciting. It's just, this is not consistent enough. Um, And usually they don't get those 90 plus pitches, right? So for both of these guys, I'm not really in. Um, Bryce Miller seems to have a little bit of a higher ceiling at the moment. He's been turning heads apparently. While Hancock is a little bit more of a, hey, he should be better than a 9% walk rate. But that's it for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into these. Make sure to leave a rating and review for the Plus Pitch Podcast um, on iTunes and Spotify. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babs be low and your strikeouts high.